0: What's up, H-Town? Welcome to the Believe in Astros podcast, your home for all things Astros, with your hosts, sports writer Jeff Balky and Astros broadcaster and former third baseman Jeff Blum. Now, here's Balky and Blumber. What is up, Astros fans? Welcome to episode 88 of the Believe in Astros podcast on the Believe Podcasting Network. I'm Jeff Balky. My partner, Jeff Blum, is out again today. If you watched the broadcast of the game last night, you'll note he was out sick. Uh, Julie Morales covered for him admirably. Well, by his own admission this morning, he remains, quote, a mess, unquote. So uh, best of blummer and hope he gets well quickly. Obviously, everybody wants him back in the saddle as soon as possible. But hey, it's September. The show must go on. This is a... I mean, we're going to talk about it here in a minute. This is a division race and a wild card race that we as Astros fans, we haven't seen this in a while. At least five years. You can find us on Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, of course, on YouTube. And give us a follow on Twitter. Uh, X... This is like me with the JP France, Ty France thing. I'm going to get this wrong for a long time. So uh, join us on X, I suppose. Also on Instagram, at Believe in Astros. Find me at Jeff Balky and Blummer at Blummer27. Maybe be careful subscribing to Blummer's feed. You might might catch something. Apparently, Blummer's not feeling too hot. Sorry about that, Blummer. Hope you feel better. Subscribe to our YouTube channel as well. Uh, Be alerted to new videos that are coming out. Um, And thank you to everyone who's giving us five stars and left reviews on Apple. Uh, Obviously, continue to do that. Uh, We love hearing from you with your comments and questions. You guys are always really uh, good about asking those things. And the question is, if ESPN was dark on millions and millions of cable subscribers' televisions on Sunday night, did the Astros really get swept by the Yankees? Uh, Inquiring minds want to know. Uh, we'll talk about that a little bit here coming up as well. So let's dig right in, uh, real quickly here, and start talking a little bit about <clears throat> this insane ride that we are all on, uh, courtesy of the Astros and the AL West. Uh, an epic collapse uh, to and sweep at the hands of the Yankees this weekend. Um, man, that was so disappointing uh, as a fan. Uh, as someone who watches this team incessantly, um, I had a lot going on this weekend. It was Labor Day weekend. I hope everybody had a good, nice long weekend. Um, I was doing a lot. I we my wife and I had a lot of things going on. We had uh my mom actually stayed with us all weekend because of her air condition She had just gotten back from a long trip and her air conditioning was out at her house. So she came and Hung out with us for the weekend. Delightful as always. We had some spend some time with friends. We had a lot of food. It was was a nice weekend, right? We got some rain. Ah! Um, But in the midst of all that, the Astros were just cratering to the Yankees. Just cratering to the worst team in the AL East. And it was embarrassing and awful and stupid. And there were dumb decisions that were made, which we'll talk about. <clears throat> then yesterday on Labor Day, the Astros just spanked the Rangers in Arlington. I mean, just really took it to them, and blew them out. Look, I'm not going to get deep into it, but the Rangers bullpen is a problem for Bruce Bochy. That is not uh, that bullpen is trouble for them. It's been trouble all year long. They've masked it by scoring lots and lots of runs. <clears throat> but they seem to be regressing to the mean a little bit when it comes to scoring. And if their bullpen can't hold out for them, oof, man, they are going to be in trouble. Uh, but when it comes to this race, I think maybe fans are just starting to kind of figure out how tight a race this is. Look, there are three spots that are going to get into the postseason. From the AL West and amongst the AL West and the Blue Jays, those it's going to be Mariners, Rangers, Astros, Blue Jays. Those four teams are vying for three spots in the postseason. Excuse me. Right now, the Mariners in first with the Astros tie in a virtual tie. Astros have played two more games than they have, so it's kind of it's kind of squirrely how the math works out. The Rangers are a game back after that loss yesterday. And the Blue Jays are now only a half game back of the Rangers. So this is not something we've seen in a while. Uh, This could come down to the very final uh, series of the year. I mean, it's, it's that tight right now. Now, if the Astros go in and beat the Rangers today... If, and you know, I'm not even going to talk about sweeping. But if they're able to beat them two out of three in this series, that will really help. <clears throat> That'll put them two games up on the Rangers and give them a little bit of distance. And the Rangers will have to contend with the Blue Jays, who are surging a bit right now. Um, so it's wild. This September is going to be nuts, guys. Just <laughs> strap in and get ready, because this is going to be a, a it's going to be a crazy. And you think about the Rangers, they've been leading the division all year long, and now suddenly, pfft, you know, that's what happens in South Oklahoma, apparently. A um, little bit from last night, Ryan Stanek, the worst part of last night, injured, covering first base in the eighth inning. We've not heard an update on him yet as of 9.15 Tuesday morning, but it looked like he broke his ankle. I mean, <clears throat> I remember somebody telling me years ago that, when athletes tear a ligament that it's, it's bad and it's, it's painful and you know, all that. But there's a reason why when guys get carted off, they don't, or they, when they get, you know, go off a field uh, or whatever, they don't look horrible when they've torn an ACL or even, even torn an Achilles, which is worse than the ACL. But when they break a bone, it looks bad. Stanek I mean, it looked bad. He looked in serious pain. They carted him off the field. Uh, I actually texted Blum last night, and I said he had to have broken that right. And he goes, yeah, that's what it looked like to him as well. I think <clears throat> it's, a, it's, a, it's a bummer for Stanek, who was really just starting to kind of come around and look like the pitcher we saw last year, who led the team in ERA, led the bullpen in ERA, uh, was one of the better players. Uh, relief pitchers in baseball, even though he got left off the playoff uh, roster for a variety of reasons. Um, Listen, the bullpen has been very good for this team all season long. So they should be able to withstand something like this, particularly as we get to the postseason. Because when we get to the postseason, the fact of the matter is is there are some starters that are going to be in the bullpen in the postseason. That's just the reality. The Astros are not going to have five, six guys Uh, in starting spots and so they just need to be able to survive september um, missing ryan stanick they still have very good pitch uh, bullpen depth um kendall graveman has really been a good addition for this team and i think that's really going to help them just sucks for stanick you know he's finally really starting to look good run ran over to cover first base a routine grounder didn't even get the out either which was a even you know bigger bummer and it looked like he might not have heard it hitting the bag. It looked like when he jumped up and then he stepped down a second time, that might've been where he actually heard it. At least that's when he started to grimace. So just a, just a bad situation all around. Um, but there, obviously the good news is the Astros won, and, and really kind of a dominant fashion. Uh, Mauricio Dubon and Jose Altuve went back to back twice. look, Back to back with two players, two times in a game is pretty rare to have it be Dubon and Altuve. That's real strange. Dubon. It's the first time he has ever, uh, hit two home runs in a game. And it elicited this response from our own Julia Morales. Doobie, do it. Yeah. I don't know if you heard that last night, but, uh, I did, and so uh, that's yeah. That's going to end up in our drops now, uh, because let's be honest, it's not in the same category as. Hey Ma, get the meatloaf. <laughs> it's it hasn't risen to that level yet, but I mean, it's pretty strong. Like, let's hear it one more time, shall we? we do it. So good. So excellent. So excellent. So so. anyway, Dubon with the two-homer night, uh, just really impressive. Also, Alex Bregman, who is on a tear right now. Uh, he was on five times last night. Uh, Brian McTaggart um, from MLB.com, who's been on the show before, and uh, Tags tweeted out, that in his last 46 games Bregman is slashing 339, 440 588 with 10 homers, 36 RBI, 37 runs, 20 and 28 walks with just 26 strikeouts. That is ridiculous. Bregman is looking like Bregman finally. And and granted that goes back into July, so he you know, he's this he's been doing this now for 6 weeks. But his September's are always typically good, so he tends to save his best for last, and he's looking that way. Um, perhaps even more impressive, Yiner Diaz, in his continued sort of semi part-time role, DHing and catching last forty-five games, which actually goes back to the beginning of July. Bregman's goes back to like mid-July. <clears throat> Yiner is slashing three hundred six, three thirty-five, and five ninety-nine. With 13 homers and 36 RBI, now he had a three-run homer last night. That was his 21st of the season. Only five other Astros rookies have ever hit 20 plus, 20 plus home runs in a season. Or uh, Jordan owns the record, I think 27. Look, he could catch he could catch Jordan's record this year. Yiner is legit at the plate. He is super legit. And um, Jeremy Pena also moved into the two spot last night. He's been hitting the ball better, seeing the ball better. He's still, there was a good article uh, in The Athletic about how he hasn't been able to get lift on the ball this year. Lots of ground balls and stuff, but he's still seeing the ball well, driving the ball well right now. It'd be mean, nice if he could get some homers, but. It's just good that he can increase his on-base percentage. He's also much, much better with the strike zone. He's not swinging and missing nearly as much as he has in seasons, since last year, I guess, as a rookie. So he's improved in that. Um, And, of course, this is all happening. While Kyle Tucker and Jordan Alvarez are kind of going through a mini slump, we'll call it. Um, But it feels like, overall, the Astros' offense is starting to click. I mean, we didn't see a lot of it over the weekend with the Yankees. Um, but it does bring up a point, and um, you know I hate to get into this too much because I know all over uh, social media fans are they're up in arms. Uh, you know we've been critical of Dusty, Dusty Baker on here before. Uh, fans are, you know, they've they've been quite critical of Dusty, and and there are some good reasons for that, and some other reasons that probably aren't so good. Um, but we do really, I think at this point, need to address, excuse me, the Chas mccormick Yanner Diaz situation. Um, Chandler Rome tweeted out during uh, yesterday's game, quote, would probably behoove the Astros to play Chas McCormick and Yanard Diaz every day and try to hit them both higher than seventh and eighth in the batting order. Look, he's not wrong. He's not wrong. Like, uh despite they are two of the team's most consistent hitters right um and despite that they remain part-time players now we've dissected the diaz situation ad infinitum and the truth of the matter is uh that's not going to change maldonado is going to be the primary catcher for this this team going forward because Supposedly, the pitchers love him behind the plate, and obviously Dusty trusts him on the field, right? So we can whine and moan about that all we want. They're going to obviously try to get Diaz in there as much as they can by DHing him, uh, but with Brantley back it's going to complicate that whole situation. Um, so we're going to have to see, you know, how much playing time he gets. He deserves a lot. He deserves a lot. He's just playing so, so well. Um, but the McCormick thing is is weird. Um, so Chaz McCormick is clearly the best center fielder on this team. Like when you put him up against Dubon and Jake Myers. Now Jake Myers is a better defender. Dubon has the better arm. But McCormick is the best everyday center fielder. Out there he's he's good Defensively Um, he's Got a solid arm if unspectacular Um, He Is at the plate he's Great he's not been as great against Right handers as he has against lefties but Against lefties he's spectacular Um, He's hits for power to all fields Um, And he's consistent you know he gets On base the guy is, is He's very very good And it's It's really, I, I, Diaz, listen, I don't agree with the decision uh, to play Maldonado over Diaz most games. I don't. Excuse me. You can't, if you've seen this on video, I'm itching my nose. My allergies are like uh, on 100 today for some reason. Um, But uh, you hear me clearing my throat too. It's like, good Lord. but so, but I can respect the decision even if I don't agree with it because Maldonado, there, he is the pitcher whisperer even though his numbers don't really reflect it. And there is a trust level with him on the field. I get it. Yiner is a rookie. Um, <clears throat> so there's going to be some inconsistencies there. So I, even though I don't agree with it, um, I can understand it. The McCormick thing I just don't understand. I don't understand it at all. I don't understand why Chaz McCormick is not the everyday like, okay, if you want to play him in left field occasionally with a defensive alignment and put Jake Myers in center, okay, cool. I wouldn't start that lineup personally. But if you want to move some defensive alignments around, I can appreciate that. But the fact that Chaz McCormick is not an everyday player, and when in the ninth inning, uh, I guess it was, was it was the second game of the Yankee series where Dusty Pinch hit him. They He Pinch hit John Singleton. For Chaz McCormick, John Singleton, right? Singleton with a great story, come back to the Astros and making it back to the major league club and having a game with a couple of home runs and all that. Singleton's not been good since he's been back. He's he's hitting like one thirty something. He's not been good, you know. You, I mean, I mean, you know, I'm as sick as a lot of people are of the lefty on lefty, righty on righty matchup thing. I think it's it's I think it's overblown statistically. Obviously, that's not true with some pitchers and some hitters. That makes sense. I just I, I think it's overblown for the most part. But regardless, Dusty said, "Well, the metrics showed that Singleton was better hitter again. Would would have a better chance against this guy. But like, I think it was like by forty points. It's like instead of two twenty chance, he was going to get a two sixty chance or something like that. The thing is, is that yeah, or Chaz McCormick is just better on the whole, you know." Um, and so to me, that was an indefensible move, right? That's That was indefensible. It would be one thing if he was pinch-hitting Jordan Alvarez for him, you know, or Michael Brantley even, or somebody like that, where you say, okay, we're going to bring in a big-time hitter. But no, he was pinch-hitting for John Singleton. And he said, no sense whatsoever. So, of course, that was the final out of the game, and that's it. McCormick, not being an everyday player, out of everything that we've criticized I mean as fans we've all criticized Desi Baker for things this year that one to me is the one that is practically indefensible the fact that Chas McCormick is not an everyday player in center field to me it's just it's it smacks of of almost malpractice as a manager you cannot go out there and say that putting Jake Myers or Mauricio Dubon. Hey, Dubon had two homers yesterday so I can't say much, but you cannot say that having Chas McCormick out of the lineup in favor of someone else in that position is is going to be better for the team. Not on a consistent basis, maybe on a on an occasional game basis. And sure you give everybody some day off, some rest, that's great. But there is no reason that Chas McCormick should not be playing. Every day or close to every day. Frankly, there's no reason why Yanner Diaz shouldn't be playing every day or close to it. Um, if you want to try and rotate guys in because we've got a, you know, we've got bench depth and all that kind of stuff. Okay, fine. But you need to start solidifying this rotation into something because this is a team that obviously can hit. And this team hits better when Yanner Diaz and Chas McCormick are in the lineup. That's just the simple fact of it. Right. Um, and it's the time of year where you can't futz around with it anymore. You've got to figure it out and you've got to make that happen because it's, it's, it's long past time to be hemming and hawing over who are your regular everyday players. Like this lineup, when you get in the postseason, the lineup's going to be, it needs to be the same every day, you know? Okay. Maybe you shift things a little bit around if you're facing a lefty or something. But to me, This they need to have a a solid starting lineup, solid bench, not just for the fact that it's those players are better and it makes more sense, you know, for the offense and defense, but also because it's better for the players. The consistency is necessary. These guys need it so they know how to prepare. So. I'm not going to dig deep into Dusty Baker's managerial style or anything like that. Um, I'm just going to say, when it comes to Chas McCormick and Chas McCormick alone, like I said, I don't like the Diaz decision, but it's defensible to a certain degree, right? Um, but the Chas McCormick decision to not him have him be an everyday player in the outfield to me is is idiotic. It's a it's a terrible it's a terrible decision. And uh, yeah, let's just leave it at that. Um, The one bit of good news we do have is that Christian Javier looked like eh, Christian Javier on Sunday. He was, he was solid uh, despite the loss. Uh, JP France continues his solid pitching. He, he went a probably a half an inning too long, uh, you know, yesterday, but it didn't, you know, it didn't cost them the game. Fortunately, um, starting pitching is something that has worried me for a little while now. There's just been too many bad outings by guys, too many times where they felt like they, you know, you want them to stay in longer because you don't want to tax your bullpen. You want to get six, seven innings out of these guys as as often as possible, right? Um, but there have just been games where either it just, you know, got blown up early or you just, you can feel – like, as it gets a little farther along into the game, you're like, I don't trust these guys anymore. I don't trust these guys. And there's just, you know, there have been so many instances where uh, there have been like, you know, two outs, two strikes and a guy gets a hit, you know, kind of things where they, the pitches that are thrown don't make sense and I think some of it's fatigue. I'm sure. I'm sure some of these guys are battling through it. I hope Christian Javier has kind of gotten over his dead arm. He did look good uh, on Sunday, though. I will say that he did look he did look solid, if unspectacular. Um, so let let's hope that that's a bounce back for him. Uh, JV and Fromber pitched the next two days. Look, JV was not good the other day. Uh, Fromber has certainly had his ups and downs all season, but these are your two aces. Uh, if you if you want to get go for a sweep against your division rivals and a team you're fighting with for the postseason, these are probably the two guys you want up there. Um, and so they will get. And in, in fact, honestly, you could say from the, from a series standpoint, this is lined up exactly right because you've gotten France Verlander. Valdez as your pitchers, and they've been your most solid and most consistent. So it it makes sense that those would, you know, if you want to win the series, those would be your guys that were lined up, and they have been. And so let's hope that uh, that means some more victories in Arlington uh, the next couple of days. Uh, I want to dig into a couple of small things outside of the realm of the Astros. Um, the first one is it was it was reported today that Julio Arias pitcher for the Dodgers was arrested on uh, domestic assault charges in LA. Uh, he has already been suspended once 20 games uh, by major league baseball for violating the league's domestic abuse policy. Um, listen, <clears throat> nobody should be hitting anybody really period, right? We have enough violence in this world. We don't need more violence. Um, I always remember that line from Stripes where uh, uh, Harold Ramis, rest in peace, said, uh, uh, my father always told me, never hit anyone in anger unless you're really sure you can get away with it. But I mean, in most cases, violence is just not, it's not a solution to anything. But when the violence is propagated against a loved one inside a marriage or a relationship, it is particularly heinous. And when that is propagated by a baseball player against a spouse, who is, you know, probably much smaller than him, it becomes seriously dangerous, right? Um, when when I see these kinds of issues with athletes, and I know they come up some from time to time, just like they come up in society, uh, it's a it's a it's a disease. Um, not what he did, but the the disease of society, that people are doing this. Um, the, my first thought is, this is really dangerous. Look, it's bad enough when some drunk a-hole, um, some fat guy who's like, you know, I'm, I'm getting really stereotypical about domestic abuse here, but when some guy who's like maybe the same size as his wife, like, hauls off and hits somebody, hits her, but when you're a big, strong athlete um, and a pitcher of all things with the, the arm strength and speed that, that he has, you could really hurt somebody. There is no excuse for domestic violence at all. But when it comes to athletes, I mean, it's you can't even think about it. It's unthinkable. It is unthinkable. And if he is truly... Getting busted for domestic violence. I mean, I don't know what the what the California court system will do with him. You know, he, it's alleged until it's you know proven guilty. Um, but if he is shown to have done something, let's say he gets maybe he doesn't get off with as big a a criminal charge. Maybe he's criminal it's felony charges, so it's pretty serious. But let's say he doesn't get any jail time. You know, there's some probation has worked out or some other deal. And that's assuming he's even done anything. We don't know. But let's assume that he has. Baseball needs to just shut this guy down for a long, long time. They've got to make a point. You know, um, this goes back to the Astros situation. We brought in the closer. I'm not even going to say his name. I don't even want to say it. But, you know, all of his – he was suspended for a lot of games for domestic assault alleged domestic assault these guys can't you can't have these guys as part of your organizations you just can't i'm sorry you just can't they're not this is not okay it's not okay period end of story it's dangerous it's disgusting and i mean come on man like you want to get your aggressions out on the field you know Go hit a punching bag, go like you know, go to the gym, go for a run, you know, do whatever you got to do. If you're really gonna fight, go pick on somebody who's equal to your task. You can't go out and hit your spouse. I mean, these people are supposed to love. Be out of your mind. That's not okay. It's not okay. Okay, shifting gears. <laughs> I had to. I had to speak my piece on that a little bit. Shifting gears, though. ESPN went dark on the Spectrum cable network. Now, Spectrum is, I think, the second largest cable provider in the country, probably after Xfinity. I don't know. But, um, yeah, man, they went dark because of a carriage agreement problem. Now, we've talked a little bit about these before. Um, So, just just to sort of keep you up on this, carriage agreements with cable companies mean that cable providers who distribute channels like espn or at&t sports southwest or whomever they have agreements where they will pay x amount of dollars per subscriber uh, to a channel to have them on right um so they have these carriage agreements and these agreements basically are battles between how much the Network thinks they deserve, and how much the uh, cable provider thinks they should pay, right? And so, with ESPN, they obviously want more, you know, than they than, than I think uh, Spectrum wants to give them. And of course, here's the other thing: if you're a subscriber to a cable network, you have to pay for this, right? So. If they're going to charge for like regular tiered service, not for like HBO and all the other stuff that you get that costs more money, you have to pay this. So like if uh, ESPN is charging $5 per subscriber, let's say, it's probably not that much, but let's say it's $5. That's $5 you have to pay. If you subscribe to that cable service, $5 is tacked onto your bill. It's just part of your bill. That's the deal. So like AT&T Sports Southwest, like what we see the Astros games on. AT&T Sports Net, I should say, or whatever it is. We pay for that in our carriage agreements with Xfinity or AT&T or whomever your uh, inter- your uh, TV service provider is, right? You're paying for that. So they're having a fight. So ESPN, they couldn't come to an agreement. And so right before the first weekend of college football, the US Open was this weekend. I know not a lot of tennis fans, but it's a big deal. Um, the network went dark. <laughs> No ESPN for you. So, no US Open, no college football that's on ESPN, and a lot of college football is on ESPN. And I, I, there were like millions of people who didn't get to see any ESPN this weekend. The one advantage I will say is that they also did not get to see the debacle of the Astros and Yankees series finale. Uh, just a terrible, terrible game for the Astros. And also... Because the announcers are terrible. Listen, no no hate to ESPN or anybody else, but I feel like baseball announcers, national baseball announcers on weekly games, I'm not talking about the postseason where they they have some decent guys, but like the weekly guys that do like the Friday nights and like Sunday night ESPN baseball, some of those guys are terrible. And the thing that bothers me the most about them, and I I watched a little bit of that game, Uh, I listened to a lot more of it on the radio. Um, is that a lot of these guys? They don't know anything about the teams, right? They go off of like narratives that are like two years old, right? They don't really talk that much, you know, and it's weird. Like, you have all week to prep for this, right? It's like, it's not, these guys are, it's, right? So it take, be a professional, you know, do some prep work. You know, Blummer's always joking about how he's not nearly as prepared because, you know Todd Callis is so prepared. He doesn't always have to be. But look, Blummer works really hard at his gig. And it's why he's so good at it, right? I mean, that's the deal. You have to know what you're talking about. You have to go in having a plan. Having, look, right now, I'm flying solo. I didn't know it was going to happen this morning. I talked to Blummer. I thought he might be sick. I wasn't sure. But I have a long list of notes here that I wanted to talk about. With, with some of them written fully out and some of them just, you know, bits and pieces of things I want to discuss. Um, so, so you have to prep for these things. You can't just like show up and wing it. And it feels like a lot of these guys just kind of show up and wing it. It's weird, right? But at least this weekend when the Astros are getting swept by the Yankees, whoa, God, barf emoji. Um, There weren't that many people around to see it. There were millions of people who couldn't see it because they have Spectrum Cable. So here's to you, Spectrum Cable and ESPN, on your battle with one another so that the Astros-Yankees game was essentially blacked out for millions and millions of Americans. (laughs) Because, quite frankly, none of us wanted to see it. Can't imagine any of y'all wanted to see it either. Oh. Thankfully, the next game was much better. Now tonight, again, Rangers tonight, Rangers tomorrow. Look, this is I said this last week that this is this week is as as important a week as the Astros have had all year. Now it could have been better if they would have won against the Yankees even a little bit. But that didn't happen, so they have to make up for it against the Rangers. So tonight, both games 705 tonight and tomorrow, then they come home for a series with the Padres who've been struggling. Um, you know, it's, it's really interesting. The Padres are, are quite a disappointment this year, right? Um, they are a team that, you know, went after a lot of big names in the offseason, and they just have not performed, you know, right now, let me look quick, real scan real quickly. 65 and 74, their fourth place in the NL West, right? They're still dangerous, but that's a series the Astros should win. They follow that up. The A's come to town. That's a series the Astros should win. They follow that up by going to Kansas City for three against the Royals. So they have, after this series against the Rangers, they have three series that they absolutely have to go out and make hay. Because that's followed up by the Orioles coming to town, which is a you know one of the best teams in baseball. They get the Royals at home again which is just simply outstanding before three games against the Mariners and then three games against the Arizona Diamondbacks who are second in the NL West um, behind the Dodgers. So they're going to close out in two tough series. Well, three of their last four series are going to be against very good teams, right? Uh, The rest of the time, it's going to be piss poor. And that look, that's second to last series of the year at, Uh, Seattle Before at Diamondbacks In fact, um, the last series of the year In Minute Maid is against the Royals Their final Minute Maid game of the year Will be September 24th um, Not counting uh, postseason So then they go to the Mariners And the Diamondbacks before they close out The season. Last game of the year is on October 1st Uh, Best day of the year by the way. October 1st I've said that on here before. I stick by it Um, Anyway That's going to be Uh, they're going to have some tough series at the end. So they have got to make hay. It is conceivable that they come into the last week of the season, um, fighting for their postseason lives. But to be honest with you, it's mostly up to them. The Mariners and the Rangers play each other twice during these last, uh, four weeks of the season. Um, they have the much tougher schedule, both of them. And the uh, Mariners are still at Cincinnati, Right now, which is Cincinnati is just rolling, and then they go to Tampa Bay. Very tough couple of series for them. Um, so, yeah, this is the time for the Astros to make uh, to make inroads and see if they can win the division. Look, it, it, it everything right now for this last month of the ta- of the season is on the table. The Astros could win the NL, West, the excuse me, the AL West, or they could not make the postseason. <laughs> This is legitimately all of these things are on the table so if if you're a, if you're someone who casually pays attention to the Astros and if you're someone who casually pays attention to the Astros what are you doing listening to this podcast come on man I mean good for you uh, excuse me thank you for listening to this podcast but if you're a casual fan who's just kind of picking up on the Astros to get the postseason this is the month to start watching because it's gonna be crazy we've already seen a lot of uh, b- juggling and bouncing around it's gonna continue. Right up until the end of the season, so stay tuned. Best I can say. Thank you guys for joining us. As always, I'm, we should be. We'll be back next week. I'm hoping Blummer is nice and healthy and fresh and ready to rebound because uh, we're in the stretch run. We need everybody. We need all hands on deck at this point. So we'll be back next week with a fresh pod brought to you by Bet Online. Again, a huge thanks to all our listeners and viewers. All over the world, too. Uh, really, thank you so much for paying attention and listening. Also, I'm gonna, as a personal note, thank you for listening when Blummer's not here. I'm not uh, an idiot. I realize that Jeff Blum is a huge draw because why shouldn't he be? He's a good dude. He's a great announcer. And he's excellent. So why wouldn't he be a draw? He's a celebrity. He's a former professional baseball player. I don't sit around with delusions thinking I'm the guy you're listening to. Nevertheless... I'd like to think I contribute a little bit and I really do appreciate the fact that you guys listen even when I am flying solo like today. So blessings to Blummer. We hope he gets healthy again and is ready to join us next week. Until then, thank you guys for listening, for liking, for subscribing, for commenting, for giving us five stars. All that stuff. So thankful for everybody. Without you guys, we wouldn't be here. So you guys have an excellent, excellent week. Let's whoop up on the Arlington Rangers and get out of here and, and make – let's try to get some distance, man. Let's get up there. Let's get back in the – let's get up to the top of the division and let's stay there. We're not 12 games up like we were last year, but doesn't mean we can't put a little distance between ourselves. If we just win some ball games against bad teams, particularly at home, my goodness, their home record is terrible. Maybe they just need to stay on the road the rest of the season. Anywho, thanks so much, guys. As always, we will talk to you next week, and go Astros.